I'm so excited about today. I'm so excited about today. I'm so excited about today. Can you tell? <laughs> Somebody say Warriors of Honor. We're in this series called Honor. Today has been planned for several months. I've got dear friends here that I want to introduce to you who are going to bring a message that I know came straight from, from the mouth of God to the mouth of my friend, Scott McChrystal, Chaplain Scott McChrystal and, and his wife, Judy. Today, they're going to bring a word of honor, a word that is going to cause us to want to rise up in our faith, a word that's going to cause us to want to live our faith out loud. How many of you know living your faith out loud is a must in today's culture? Amen. So here's what I want you to do as my friends make their way to the stage. I want you to put your hands together, and I want you to welcome them. And I want, you to, I want you to bless the Lord today. If something comes out of their mouth that blesses you, I want you to treat them the way you treat me. Are we all right with that? Yeah. You don't want to leave at the end of service today because we got something really cool that you have to see. So remember that. Don't get out of here early. Somebody give the Lord one more hand clap of praise for this wonderful family. Woo! So I, I wish I could see you. They're going to turn the lights down. Oh, there's people up there too. Hi. Um, my name is Judy, and um, we're very glad to be here today. I just want to tell you, if you're uncomfortable with the music and the worship that you see here today, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, and whatever gave me the idea that it was sacrilegious to clap in church, I had no idea but we went to this church and people were clapping and I thought, that, that's not okay. And so I did go home and I looked in God's word and the Holy Spirit took me to the Psalms and it says, clap your hands. All of ye people shout unto God with the voice of triumph. So if, oh, you can sit down. <laughs> um, so if you're not comfortable, go ahead and yield to the Lord and let him do something in you. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. I, like I said, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I thank God he saved me. He saved my brother and my sister. My sister grew up in this church, Carolyn Miller Carey, and um, she received the baptism in the, in the Lord here. I received the baptism in the Lord here, and my brother did. My parents got saved in their 50s, so there is absolutely nothing too difficult for God. You know that. And there's nothing. Whatever you have in your heart, just take it to him in prayer and build your faith. So my husband was an infantry officer, served in Vietnam. We met two weeks after he got back from Vietnam. And uh, I knew nothing about PTSD. In fact, that wasn't a word. It was shell shock or whatever. He doesn't know, but he had shell shock. And he shocked me. <laughs> So he'll tell you a little bit about that. But the Lord called him into the ministry the night he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So unworthy, so unlikely. And we sold everything, had two little kids, and we came to seminary in Springfield, Missouri. Didn't know what God wanted to do, but he called us into the chaplaincy. So at 31 years, they kicked us out and said, you're too old. So we said, okay, we're going to do something else. And uh, he became the endorsing agent for the Assembly of God chaplains 
And that means he was a pastor to the pastors. What a joy, what a privilege. Where's Brian Tongue? I saw him over there somewhere, way in the back. He's one of our children. He may look Asian, but he's one of our children. Johnny's one of our children. We love them like family. There's thousands of them all over the world. Um, so after we retired, we uh, joined up with, or he was the endorsing agent. He retired from that, and we joined up on the uh, ground floor of a ministry called The Warrior's Journey. And at our age, you know what? We're not going to waste time with something that's not worth it. We found and helped birth The Warrior's Journey. It's an online ministry. It has videos for those of you who like to watch videos. If you like to read, it has articles. It has podcasts. I never thought ever that I would do a podcast. I've done many podcasts. It's amazing. Um, I think that the most important thing that we have is a one-to-one -one connector system. So if you're browsing the website, which is thewarriorsjourney.org, you will find a button on many, many different pages, probably every page, that you can press and write an email to someone. You think it's going out into the ether, but someone actually gets it, and it gives, sends that, the person sends that to 148, one of 148 connectors that we have all over the world, and they respond. Now, sometimes the person is so desperate, they actually put their phone number, and we will call. Um, if it is a suicide sort of a thing, we have special protocol for that, and we will have someone there as fast as we can. We have mitigated, thank God. And please, I meant to say this in the beginning. If I give you any numbers, it is for God's glory, okay? This is not bringing honor and glory to a person. Um, but the Warrior's Journey has mitigated a thousand such cases, people that were going to kill themselves, and we gave them life and hope and help. <clears throat> we are so connected and networked that we have uh, people all over. And a lot of times we can pick up a phone as, to a pastor and, do you know anybody who lives close to, and we'll give them an address and somebody will go and talk with them and mentor them. Um, we have a relationship with 69 other ministries that we have vetted that we really believe in what they do that we don't do. And so uh, we have these honor events to try to bring awareness like this one today. And uh, wherever we're invited, we will go. Uh, we've been involved in many training exercises for chaplains in the melody, gone to Germany, you know, wherever we are invited, we will go. As we sit here today, we have dozens of people, and I don't want to exaggerate, so don't think I am, that are on the ground in the Ukraine. They are ministering the love of God. They're providing supplies to meet their physical needs and love to meet their spiritual needs. Our CEO, Kevin Weaver, is probably one of the most creative, energetic people that you will ever want to meet. And he is wide open to almost any opportunity to reach out to people in need. Our only limitation is financial. We have the talent to accomplish so much for God. Time doesn't permit me to say much more except that we are unapologetically Christian 
and we want to be known as an organization of the highest integrity that reach people and souls one person at a time. I want to share one last thing. Last week, we had a friend. They're stationed in Hawaii. Um, and she happened to look up from the TV and saw through um, a glass, I'm sorry, flames. Um, Joe was barely able to get his wife and four children out of the house before it was consumed. They have lost the house burned to the ground. They have lost everything. And although they're thankful to God, if you would read her post on Facebook, you'd think, I don't know where that comes from. How do you lose everything when she had her children and her husband and her faith? And uh, so we are thankful to God that he preserved their lives. And right now, we are partnering with another ministry. We got all their vital information, and uh, we hope that they will give them a significant amount of money to start over. To, I, mm, it won't be enough, you know that, but it'll be a start. Replacing their clothes and their backpacks and their toys. Um, Amanda has an in-house in-home business that she sells things online, a lot has gone. You can imagine how overwhelming that would be, and a gift of money is just almost seems pitiful compared to what they need. But one little step at a time, you know God's going to build them back. I must close. We're able to bring only a few resources with, with us. They're under the tent as you came in from the parking lot. We stay afloat by donations from people like yourself. If God moves on your heart to help us, please take one of those cards. God bless you and thank you. You know, Mark, I didn't tell you something. I've kind of got a little bit of a hang-up as a preacher, and the hang-up is this. I don't like to preach the same message twice in a row. I just don't. So you better start praying. Got a few notes to stay within boundaries, but, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you've got a, a fire in your heart, does it? It just doesn't matter. I want to say thanks for being here. Thanks to all of you who are connected with the military, having served or associated in any way, shape, or fashion. Only you, God, and fellow warriors and people of the military community know the sacrifices that you've given, and uh, we appreciate that. And Pastor Mark and Johnny, thank you for... Uh, we're just opening up the church, especially at a time when it's not expected because it's not a, you know, a patriotic holiday. You guys are the best. And Brian, I'm proud of you, brother. Proud of you. Great prayer. Thank you. And Johnny, we'll uh, see more of you a little later in the service. <clears throat> Mark's already uh, showed our hand a little bit. 
We've been talking in this church for the last couple of Sundays about honor, honoring people with encouragement, honoring people by helping to empower them. And today, I'd like to just throw this phrase that he's already referenced, becoming a warrior of honor. Becoming a warrior of honor. I don't know if you're familiar enough with Scripture, but God calls himself a warrior. In Exodus 15, 3, he says, I am the Lord. I am a warrior. Many people think that uh, gentle Jesus, meek and mild, well, I'll tell you, he came in in a very gentle, humble fashion, but he's not coming back that way. If you've read the last book, <laughs> the book of Revelation, he is going to come back riding on a white horse. He's going to have a name on his side, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and he's going to do some things. He will reward those who have been faithful, and those that haven't been wouldn't want to be in their shoes. And you know what? He's going to be followed by the armies of heaven, a whole bunch of white horses. It's going to be a dramatic scene, and only God knows when that could be, but it, it could be soon. So a warrior of honor, a warrior of honor. So let me start off by showing you how weak I am. How's that? I'll show you how weak I am. It was um, probably about 1992. I've been saved for almost 20 years. Been in the military a long, long time. And uh, one day, I decided that I needed to have communion with God because I was falling apart. Does that motivate you? you Thrilled? Is this really charging you to be a warrior of honor? Well, just, just wait. And I decided, Lord, let's have communion, and I'll provide the wine. But it wasn't the kind of wine you drink. I was having the world's worst indoor sport going on in my life. I was having a pity party, and I was whining. And at that time, I thought I might have had the Lord sort of cornered. Really stupid. You know, even if you're stupid for Jesus, you're still stupid. Just remember that. I thought I had him cornered because I went to the Lord and said, Lord, I'm about to die from all the work. I'm pastoring this large chapel. I'm working as an observer controller at the Joint Readiness Training Center, which in and of itself is a 24-7 kind of job. And by the way, I have a family. And by the way, Lord, I have a life. Now, I'm not saying the Lord speaks to you this way, but he does me. This is God's honest truth. He goes, okay, big boy, I'll give you a few more words. Um, why are you working so hard? And I said, I love you, Lord, thinking he was going to pat me on the back and clap, you know, clap his hands. Well, he didn't. He absolutely did not. He said, like a teacher, I'll give you partial credit. I'm going, uh-oh, I may be going to the woodshed. He said, partial credit. He says, stop for a minute, chaplain. Why are you working so hard? Hmm. 
He said, just listen to the Holy Ghost. He's speaking to you. Why are you working so hard? Is the world on your shoulders? I thought it was on mine. And I think that's, uh, that's probably a correct statement. Why are you working so hard? And then all of a sudden, for the first time in my life, Pastor Mark, I realized that I was afraid to fail. You say, that's weird. You're a combat warrior. You've been in Vietnam. You've almost been killed a bunch of times. And, and usually when tr trouble comes, I don't run away from the cannons. I run to it. But he said, you know what? You are afraid to fail. Now let me ask a few questions. Why, Scott, are you afraid to fail? You've failed many times in case you hadn't noticed it. I said, well, actually, you're right. And he said, didn't I have your back every single time? Think of the dozens, if not hundreds of times, I had your back. Yes, Lord, you're right. And in the future, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. You think I'm going to leave you, as Pastor Mark said? You think I'm not going to be present with you? No, I'm sure you will. He said, I got news for you, Scott. You're going to fail in the future, too. You're going to fail a bunch of times. So if you put your faith in me, what are you so uptight about? And all of a sudden, and this, this is the point I want to make, something rose up in my spirit, and God said, turn to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, and I'm going to be honest. I didn't know what it said. I'd read it, but I hadn't memorized that. He said, I want you to read that out loud for me, big boy. And I said, his divine power has given me everything I need for life and godliness through my knowledge of him who saved me by his own glory and goodness. And he said, read it again and read it out loud. Then he said, read it again and read it out loud. So now I want you to translate that for me. And I don't want Greek, Hebrew. I want to hear it from your heart. What is he, what am I saying to you, chaplain? Sir, what you're saying is over the last 15, 20 minutes, all the whining and all the excuses hold no water because you've given me everything that I need for life and godliness. My excuses are nothing. They're not worth a plug nickel, he says, I'll give you an A on that one. You figured it out. Now, let me tell you what that has meant for my life. I've failed since. I've failed before. And I'm not saying I never get concerned. But God broke the chains off of me and reminded me that I'm his son that he died for me, that he has all authority, he has all power on earth. And if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and dwells in you, that same spirit will, will quicken, will bring alive your mortal body through that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So, I want you to be thinking right now, warrior of honor, what could possibly be preventing me from being a warrior of honor? In other words, what could possibly be in my way? What could trip me up? Is it fear of failure? 
Is it a bad experience? Is it your lack of knowledge? Is it people have ridiculed you? I don't know what it would be, but I guarantee you, everybody, even to include your pastor, you have something going off in the background of your mind that the devil is saying and saying, you can't do this. Don't try that. Don't step out. Don't try to be creative. Remember last time you fell on your face. You're going to make a fool out of yourself. Well, I got news for you, devil. Whose fool are you? If you're not a fool for Christ, whose fool are you? I'm going to be a fool for Christ. I'm going to fail, but you know what? I'd rather die failing, giving my all, being a warrior of honor for the Lord than anything else in all creation. That's what I want. Now, what am I hoping to happen today in your heart? I'm not just here just so I could travel. I've spoken thousands of times. This is nothing new. I have never worked on a message harder in my life, and my, my wife can tell you that, and I haven't even preached this one. Did the one this morning. That was the one I worked on. But God wants you to step up. God appreciates all that you've done, but God's saying, there's more in you. There's more in each one of you, starting with me, Pastor Mark, Pastor Johnny, Chaplain Tony, everybody in here, there is more in you. Why? Because there is a war going on. It's a spiritual war. The devil is having a heyday, and all you got to do is take a ride through Vietnam, and you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. But you know what? God has not given any of us a spirit of fear, but what has he given us? power and love and a sound mind, or some translations say self-discipline, and that's what it's going to take. It's going to take an army of spiritual warriors. It's going to take an army of warriors of honor who are going to step up and say, yeah, I know the world's in a mess, and I'm not being political here, but you know what? With biblical values just seemingly disappearing, with God being kicked out of just about every area of our society, with children being taught crap in school, pardon my French, with abortion, the abortion industry still going on and, and taxpayers are paying for it. I don't know about you. I'm sick of this, and I think God is too. And so God says, I'm going to do my part. He said, you tell these warriors of honor that I need them to step into the arena. I want them to get out of their box seats. I want them to get down where the blood will flow, the tears will spill, dirt and grime and injury and hurt, and you might even get killed. Yeah, we're all expendable. We're valuable in God's sight. Jesus Christ died for each one of us, but you know what? There are people dying for the cause of Christ right now, and a bunch of them are Orthodox Christians in Ukraine. So, I just don't want to leave anybody in doubt. What does it mean to be a warrior of honor? First of all, I'm going to tell you, it ain't perfection. <laughs> you would have, you would grab me by the stack and swivel and tell me to get out of the sanctuary. It is not perfection. There's only one. Do you know who he is? Jesus Christ, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the lily of the valley, the captain of our salvation, on and on. He's the only one. Now, he wants us to strive to be better. 
He wants us to strive to become more transformed in his image. And he'll help us. He'll do that by the power of the Spirit. But we've got to put out some effort. We've got to risk. I call it faith. We've got to be willing to get out of our comfort zone and decide, you know what? I don't care what you say, devil. You can remind me of my past, but dude, I'm going to remind you of your future. You're going down. The church is not going down. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Never going to happen. And some will think that Satan has been allowed to cause so much damage and, and destruction, and that's true. But you know something? God's got a message for us. He goes, Satan is a created being. He's not in charge. I call the shots. I have all authority. I created everything. I created each one of you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, and guess what? I don't make mistakes. I am God. The only mistakes that were made, honestly, is when you tried to take over. And I'm talking about myself as well. So what are the requirements? Okay, this should be obvious, but I'm just going to state it. You must be born again. This is a spiritual war. you got to be a spiritual warrior to be a warrior of honor. You must be born again. In Korea, South Korea, I love to go to the gym. I'm a gym rat. And uh, somebody pointed out to me, that's, that's Robert Miller. He's the winner of the congressional, not a winner. He earned the Congressional Medal of Honor. And I like to talk to people. We didn't have earbuds in our ears all the time back then. And I would go over and befriend myself. And pretty soon, we had quite a friendship struck up. But when it came to faith, he'd go, well, you know, just leave me alone. I've got, uh, he's been in Vietnam for four years. He's been in Asia all this time. And he's got sort of a synchronistic view of uh, religion. He goes, Chaplain, I'm good. I'm good. Don't worry about me. Several months later, and I just kind of chilled it. I would see him every now. I'm doing a wedding in a little chapel right outside of the main uh, part of uh, Yongsan in Korea. And the chaplain assistant uh, called up. It was actually a rehearsal. He said, hey, there's a man on the phone. He's crying. He, he says he's got to talk to you right now. So I interrupted the reception, went down, and guess who it was? It was Command Sergeant Major Robert Miller. I said, Sergeant Major, I can't talk with you right now. I'll meet you at the 24-hour uh, snack bar over on Main Post. And I met him on Main Post, and here's a man that's been wounded four years in Vietnam. He is a warrior of warriors in the physical realm. The man had guts. But he was crying like a baby. People all over the place, he didn't care who saw anything. He was hurting. He said, Chaplain, I'm hurting in my marriage, and there's nothing, there's nothing I can do. And he used these words. He says, Chaplain, there's nothing in my arsenal. I have to tie a knot in my rope just to hang on. What can I do? Can you help? And I said, Sergeant Major, I can't. But I know who can. And I told him about Jesus. And his face lit up. And he prayed right out loud. I led in prayer. He didn't care who heard what. He prayed the sinner's prayer. And for the next three months while he was in Korea and we were still there, you've never seen such a change in a man. Behold, 
All things are new. He became a new creation. And by the way, I want to tell you, his marriage didn't work out, but that didn't matter. He couldn't control that. All he could do was serve God with all of his mind, his heart, his soul, his strength, and he did that. It was a fabulous transformation in Robert Miller. So you got to be saved. And I'm just doing a little gut check here, a little spiritual checkup. Can you say that about yourself? Are you saved? Do you know the Lord? If you want to become a, a warrior of honor, you got to be spiritually alive. You got to be born again. No exceptions. Every person on the earth, Billy Graham included, before he died, he gave his heart to the Lord. He was born again. Now, the second requirement is this. And this surprises, I, this is part of the, uh, the first service. When you get saved, you got to get to work. You've got to serve. You know, the greatest commandments, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and love others as yourself. It's time to get to work. And you're thinking, well, I don't have Bible seminary. I don't even belong to a life group. I haven't even been to Sunday school. I haven't done any, I just, I don't have, no, 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 no. His divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness. God doesn't want to hear the excuses, and frankly, nor do I. There are no excuses. So what am I talking about? God is not asking for perfection. He's asking for you to get to work. Well, what can you do? Well, I'm just going to use Judy's dad, and I know this is going to surprise her. Bob Miller, he was a just hard as woodpecker lips. He was a 6'4", big old guy. I had to crawl under concertina to be able to meet her. He said, stay away from those GIs, stay away. I snuck in under the wire. I had a satchel charge. <laughs> I made it, and somehow we became friends. And before I know, knew it, he became my boss here at church. What do I mean? He hadn't been saved much earlier, but he jumped in. He was, promise me, he was not exactly totally sanctified. Let me illustrate. If I came to church as an usher and I didn't have a tie, too bad, dude, you're not ushering today. But if I did wear a tie, we'd collect the offerings, and then we'd go out and we'd go back into a back room. We would count every penny with total integrity. Then you know what we would do? And I'm not recommending this, Pastor Mark. We'd go outside the back door where the tent is, and he would light it up and smoke a cigarette. And we'd be just shooting the you-know-what. <laughs> Pastor Altman knew that. But God says, look, you catch the fish, I'll clean them. You catch the fish, I'll clean them. Don't worry about it. It's not your job. And so Bob Miller still, he's, he's died quite a few years ago, but that still, he stands as an example of somebody who just jumped in with both feet, and he wasn't perfect. We're not perfect, but he had an influence on a lot, a lot of people. What an amazing guy he was. Now, now, you know, I, I did mention, you know, you, you may not be mature, you might not know everything you need to know as far as the Bible, but... There are some things you need to do to be disciplined. You've got to get into the Word of God. You've got to get into the Word of God. 
You've got to study the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? Yeah. And when you're in church, guess what? If you're at this church, you're going to hear the Word of God. I've traveled to hundreds of churches, so is, so is Judy. When we preach, they hear the Word of God. But I'm sorry to say, in many places, some of the pastors are just they're hesitant. They don't want to preach on something that's political. They want to preach on something that's controversial. Like male and female, it's really pretty clear if you go to Genesis 3. I don't know what all the commotion is, but the devil has stirred up some things. So you got to get into the Word of God. Secondly, you got to know what spiritual weapons you have. God has given us a whole arsenal of spiritual weapons. Read Ephesians 6. And Paul told us, you got to outfit yourself, put on all of the army, all of the armor in order to be able to stand against what? Your enemy, the devil. Your enemy, the devil, is like a lion roaring, running around, seeking whom he may devour. You know who he can devour? People that just maintain infancy in their spiritual walk, that don't know God's Word, that really don't know God that well. They may be going to heaven, but right now they're just like little spiritual babes, and and all you can give them is milk because they would choke on meat. I don't know about you, Pastor, but I'm I'm assuming you got a lot of uh, menus that have meat, not a whole lot of milk. I don't see a lot of baby bottles in the sanctuary right now. Meat is what we need. Meat is what we need to grow, but you got to know your spiritual weapons. If you know the Word of God, you're going to have faith. If you know the Word of God, you'll know what to say when you get all this other stuff that's floating around. And uh, people say, well, you know, I think uh, women should have a choice about abortion. Well, they do have a choice, but God definitely has an opinion, and nobody can tell me he doesn't. That is, if you believe in God's word, heaven and earth will pass away, Jesus said, but guess what? My word ain't going to pass away anytime soon. It's going to be eternal. It's going to be eternal. So we've got to be outfitted with the word of God. And since this is a military uh, audience can you imagine, and I mentioned this in the first service, can you imagine going into combat and, and you're a combat arms person and somehow you get into a firefighter, there's an artillery barrage, and you've got to return fire with artillery, mortars, rockets, you name it, and you're the expert and you don't know how to use your weapon? I don't know how to get the, the magazine in my M16. My, my weapon won't work. I don't know how to use it. Can you imagine how helpless you would feel? And that, even though a lot of Christians don't know it, that is the way it's been. Got to get into the Word of God. Got to know your spiritual weapons. Got to become an expert in your spiritual weapons. And you know what? When you do that, you're going to gain a whole lot of confidence. Amen? Now I'm going to say something that a lot of people... And I know you're not really in that crowd right now because you're here. A lot of people just want to be Christians and not go to church. A lot of people don't want to go to church because there's too many hypocrites. My comment would be, well, why don't you join them? I'll wait for you to get that. Church is an amazing thing. It's not man's idea. 
Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves, Hebrews 10, together. There's an opportunity for you to mix and fellowship. You can exhort and encourage. I don't know about you, but in two services this morning, I know there were some people with heavy spirits. Then the worship team comes up here, and I could see, I could just sense God was moving and the excitement and just, oh, it was, it was awesome. And then Pastor Mark gets up there. I almost got up on the platform and started dancing. It, I love to see a, a strong man, a strong man praising God, dancing. There's nothing sissy about it. It's manly. Jesus was a man just like us. God is someone to be excited about. And you know, too often we, we wear these masks to church and we can't act like who we really are. You know what? You can have fun in church. You can worship God. You can do so many things and you can leave church encouraged, built up. And maybe a word from God, maybe something that uh, a neighbor in your pew says to you, and you'll leave a lot better than you came, encouraged, and you'll become even a better warrior of honor. Do you understand what I'm saying? So those of you online, I'm not, I'm not trying to chastise you, but just think real hard, why are you not in church? If you're in another state, you're excused. But if the pandemic has sort of started a habit, and you know you really could probably be here, I would say, be here. Don't be AWOL. And if you don't know what AWOL means, that means absent without leave. So I said it, I'm leaving. Now, I'd say it if I were Stan. Church is powerful. Church is amazing. Church is the way God wants us to do it. Almost finished. Now, some people, some people I know in the military, they're hesitant. Well, I don't, I don't really know if I can... So, you know, share my faith in the military. I'm not sure. May I say, with all the holiness I can uh, drum up, that's BS. That's, that's just wrong. You read the papers, you read the media, you act like you can't say anything. Chaplains believe you can't say anything about Jesus. That's ridiculous. You can say all you want. Jesus is out there all over the place. He's in a lot of people. It's timing. It's sensitivity, walking in step with the Spirit. But you can share Jesus in word and deed. And you can share it virtually anywhere. I've shared it in the Pentagon. I've shared it in the VA. I've shared it all over the place. And you know what? Once in a while, somebody might not like it. I almost got hung for a, a prayer breakfast I, tr I preached down in New York City. I said some things that were absolutely in line with God's word, and 95% of the 400 people came up, and they were saying, boy, chaplain, we just can't believe the courage you showed. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I always talk this way. Well, uh, then the tornado came. Then a lady came and said, you know what? I know, I know the president, President Clinton and, and his wife, and we're going to get you kicked out. I was a senior chaplain at West Point. I go, wow. I guess... She didn't like the message. <laughs> You're going to get some people that will respond to you that way. But guess what? They stoned Stephen. They crucified Jesus. You're going to get some of that stuff. But blessed are you when men persecute you, revile you, and say all manner of things against you, for great will be your reward in heaven. 
Amen? And finally, I want to say on this point, you can do it with words or without words. I'm at a hospital, St. Petersburg, and there's a kid going to have a very serious operation. He has an enlarged heart. Very serious operation. They knew he would survive, but the, the bummer was he was probably slated for three or four operations that would uh, happen because uh, his heart would continue to expand as his body did, and he just uh, he was going to need them. So I'm around the family. It's a Catholic family, and I'm, just, I'm a little nervous about what I'm going to pray. And I said, can we have a word of prayer? The little five-year-old, the one that's going to get the surgery, goes, may I pray? And I'm going, taking that deep breath. So before he got started, he was finished. This was his prayer. Lord, I pray I survive. I pray I survive. Didn't even say amen. That was the night before. The next day, I called his father. The surgery was going to happen in the morning. I called his father. He was executive officer in the unit I was with. And I said, how's your son? He goes, a miracle, chaplain. He didn't need the operation. They did another scan before the surgery, and the hole in his heart that they were going to repair, it's gone. God has done a miracle. And I got news for you. I know he's done miracles in your life, and he's not through doing them. We've just got to believe. We've got to be warriors of honor. We've got to pray. We've got to step out. And now I'm going to close. I mentioned that you're going to have some persecution. We're going to suffer. There are going to be some hard times. Let me put it to you this way. There's so much in Scripture that talks about the advantages of suffering because you develop, you grow, you mature. And what's really amazing is some of you may have your best witness ahead by the way you respond to your suffering. It's just, it's a reality. I'm recovering from thumb surgery. I had another thumb surgery. I'll probably have other surgeries as I get older, and I'm glad you didn't tell them our age. It's going to happen. Stuff happens. It rains on the just and the unjust. But this story, this true event just sticks in my heart about glorifying God. We have a son. He's uh, with the Rangers. He's deployed right now. But back in uh, 2007, 2008, he was in Afghanistan on a very, very dangerous uh, fire base. They took something like 500 uh, different contacts with the enemy. It was, it was hair-raising. But when he came home on leave, he and Jen got together, and she got pregnant. That was the good news. Several months later, though, she went for a checkup and was told, you know what? Things aren't going well. Uh, your baby's uh, going to have some real problems. As a matter of fact, we recommend you terminate your pregnancy right now. And she had a German doctor and an American doctor tell her that. The same news kept traveling and traveling and traveling as the days moved on. And finally, as it got toward the end, Jen and Rob, we didn't, we didn't tell them what to do because we would have understood if they had decided to terminate her pregnancy. But they went, nope, we're just going to see what the Lord will do. They didn't shout it. They didn't brag. They didn't say anything. They moved 
them from, as he got back from Afghanistan, they were living in Italy. They moved him all the way to the West Coast to a, a hospital that would handle pediatrics and could at least deal with a, this terrible situation as best possible. The night prior to the birth, the doctor said, I don't know what we're going to see in the morning. I don't know if the baby's even going to be born alive. I just know if you want to continue this, we'll, uh, we'll do it. And guess what? The doctors were right in terms of problems, serious problems. A stroke in the womb, schizencephaly, just all kinds of problems, a very large head. And when she was born, she was not pretty to look at. She was not pretty to look at. But you know what? She was breathing. And she recovered. And all through the years, she has become a beautiful beautiful child of God, and frankly, one of the most, maybe the most godly person I know, and I'm, I think my wife's godly, but I think Jillian's got us both beat, don't you? She is the sweetest, kindest, most amazing person, and she's 13 years old, and her life is a witness to the power of God. And my son, I'm not just patting him on the back. He and Jen were warriors of honor 